evening. Today. Good evening. Today is December 14, 2022, and we are studying the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. This week's chapter is Emmy, can you help me? It's step 10 from Into Action. And our speaker tonight is Nancy. Thank you. Nancy, go ahead. Okay, now it's me. Okay, so um, I was asked to speak at this meeting on step 10, and I said, oh, okay. And then I was asked to speak uh, in some amount of time in the future in, on step nine or step 10. And I said, oh, it's such a tough call because step 10, step 10 is like totally the best. But since I'm speaking on that, I'm going to choose step nine, which is also totally the best. So I decided for tonight, I'm not going to go into any of my background or anything because I mean, I feel like everybody knows, you know, enough. Oh, except for one thing. I, um, nobody cares if my eye is all taped up. I just had um, surgery and I didn't want anyone to see. So I was wearing my sunglasses, but then I couldn't see my book. <laughs> so I said, I don't care. These people know me. They don't care about my eye. Um, although now I don't have bifocal vision. It's, it's, it's a deal. Um, so anyway, so um, when I get, get to step 10, it says this thought brings us to step 10. So, and the thought that brings us to step 10 are the promises of step nine. So I just want to briefly talk about them because they're so important. Um, and, you know, the first one is if we are painstaking about this phase of our development, we'll be amazed before we are halfway through. We will be, um, we are going to know a new freedom and a new happiness. And so, you know, first we have to be painstaking. And the history of my life is that I don't want to be painstaking. I want to do everything with a lick and a promise and some bubble gum, you know, to stick everything together. And that didn't get me very far. You know, I couldn't be painstaking. I mean, maybe sometimes I could if my bathroom disgusted me so much, I attacked it with Windex and a toothbrush to get into the corners. But my life was never like that. And so I had to be, I had to be painstaking and I didn't want to be because I didn't want to expose all the ick and I didn't, you know, I didn't want my unlovability to show. Um, so I was never free as a food addict and I was in bondage to my own ego, regardless of what I said or did or how I acted. Um, if I want to be free, I have to do the work. And today I'm free and I'm happy. I never knew what happiness actually felt like to be content, you know, to love and to care about another human being before myself. Um, I never felt like I fit in. And in fact, I can say that, you know, for my whole life, and especially in my life in this program, which I was only really a little girl when I came in, I wasn't, I was in fourth grade, 11 years old. And, um, you know, for all that time, especially in Overeaters Anonymous, which is where it was sort of undiluted, my life seemed to be less diluted by itself. Um, I felt like there was something missing for me, that I was missing something. And a lot of that, you know, this meeting is super special to me personally, because it's choose your own conception. And nobody has ever made me feel less than for not having, you know me, I read the steps of the tradition, I don't like the word God. Um, 
So I don't use that word whenever possible. Um, and I recently decided that one of the reasons I don't like it is because I really want my recovery, my journey to be as unlimited as possible, as undefined as possible. I literally want to drive into the sunset or drive in, you know, drive off, you know, not even into the sunset. That's a definition. I don't want that. And anything that represents something that is not open to interpretation, I, I don't really, I don't like that for myself. Um, I need as much freedom as possible. I needed as much freedom as possible to really do, you know, work these steps and to recover. And so I came to the conclusion that um, the reason that God, the, the concept of it, the word, especially in the concept of it irks me is because what if I need something bigger than God? Like, I don't care what they say about supreme being and creative intelligence or the great reality or any of that stuff. I don't, I don't care about that. That doesn't, that makes me feel like I'm wearing an itchy sweater and a pair of shoes that are half a size too small. And um, so to me, you know, when I defined my own conception of a power greater than myself, I don't even like to say that phrase. I just call it the thing that takes care of me. Um, when I defined that, I got rid of everything that I could imagine put any kind of boundary, definition, parameter, anything like that, I got rid of it. And um, it was like a little glimmer in a, in a dark cave. And I only caught like one tiny glimpse of it, but I was really ferociously single-minded about wanting to get better. And so I was like a cat at night and I pounced on it and I dragged it back. And um, I feel like, that was the part of me that was missing. And now I feel whole. And that's what I can say about, um, you know, the second promises um, that we'll comprehend the word serenity and we will know peace. You know, today, I can't say that I never get angry or never have the bedevilments or any of that stuff. I do. I'm human, but they don't own me anymore. And, um, and, and, you know, even when my life sucks, which it often does, it's still the best life I could ever possibly imagine. And I wouldn't choose a different life. Um, you know, I say this all the time. Nobody cares what I say. Nobody cares what I think. And nobody does what I say. Certainly not in my family and pretty much nobody else. <laughs> Maybe my sponsees a little tiny bit, they care. But um, most people don't care what I say. And most people don't care what I do. Don't do what I say. or care what I think. And um, but when I think about comprehending the word serenity, and that just doesn't mean that I know what the definition is. It means that it's really bone deep. I today have the capability. In fact, I spend most of my time in that space where I'm serene, even though my life is, you know, not catastrophic, but there's a lot going on. People, you know, not showing up, people not doing, you know, not doing what I want, not, not helping me out, not, you know, um, I'm really busy at this time of year. Um, I do a lot of baking and cooking and I, you know, I do Thanksgiving and I do all that. I worked for weeks on that, you know, snide remark here in parentheses. I got no help from anybody <laughs> that no offers of help either, except suggestions from my daughter about how much more work I could be doing so that she would have a better um, holiday season. And, um, you know, and I wouldn't have it any other way. You know, I, I wasn't resentful. I wasn't like psyched, but I wasn't resentful. Um, about that. And today I'm on the other side of it. And, um, you know, it, with a new challenge of, you know, I'm Jewish, but I love to bake Christmas cookies and nobody, you know, it's not a law that Jews can't bake Christmas cookies. So I bake them. I bake thousands of them every year. And this is my sixth Christmas season 
you know, I just ordered two, um, two 10 kilogram bags of chocolate chips. I buy my chocolate from a wholesaler. That's 44 pounds of chocolate on its way over to me. And um, it might as well be laundry detergent. And that isn't what I would call freedom. It's just a real comprehension of serenity. There's no questioning. There's no, there's no mental disquiet around that. There's no, am I, you know, am I trying to get a vicarious thrill? There's none of that. And, you know, it might not be serenity, but that's freedom. I don't consider that I have food neutrality because I think that food, that saying that means that I've made a decision and I've decided to be neutral. And that's not the case. The problem has been removed. Another promise from the ninth step. It doesn't exist for me anymore. Um, and so with all that in mind, all this fantasticness and wonderfulness, that those are the thoughts that bring us to step 10. And so what does step 10 say? It suggests um, that we continue to take personal inventory and continue to set right any mistakes as we go along. So we continue to do step four and we continue to do um, steps eight and nine, set, any, set right any new mistakes as we go along. We vigorously commence this way of living, vigorously meaning with with life and with energy, you know, not like, oh, I'll do it later or, oh, I can't be bothered. I do it energetically. Um, what do I do energetically? The way of living. I, I This design for living that they talk about in the beginning of the book, I'm on board with that. And I do that um, vigorously. And I do it as I clean up the past and as I have cleaned up the past. I continue to do it. That's what it says. We continue. But by the way, there is no talking involved so far, unless I have to make an amend, but that's, I'm not quite there yet. So I'm not a big one for calling people up and saying, hi, do you want to, can I do a 10th step with you? But people call me often with, with 10 steps and they say, can I give you a 10th step? And I always say the same thing. I don't even know why anybody calls me that. They say, can I do a 10th step? And I say, sure. And then they tell me what the 10th step is. They say, I resent my fill in the blank, my husband, my brother, my sister, my daughter, my son, my friend, my job my boss, the guy at the grocery store. And here's what it makes me, you know, for, you know, they did this and it, you know, fe, you know, I'm afraid self-centeredness, whatever, all that stuff. They go through the sheet that we all use for our, for our, um, for our inventory and uh, for our fourth step. And then they say, do you have any suggestions? And I always say the same thing. Sounds like you nailed it. That's exactly what I say all the time. And then I say, if it were me, I would spend the next 45 minutes on the phone calling other people, not talking about myself. And to me, that is the crux of the issue. And I'm going to... That's Nancy. Okay, thank you. Um, so as we cleaned up the past, we've entered into the world, we've entered the world of the spirit. So I'm going to just read my note here. You know, I've, been, I've just recovered. You know, I'm, I'm just completing, I've completed at least one amend and I've done this thing. Uh, you know, I've started to clean up the past. And, you know, I'm recovered. That's the world of the spirit. I don't know. I mean, I'm not into the world of the spirit or anything, but I know, I comprehend the word serenity and I know peace. That's what I consider where I am right now. Um, our next function is still not doing any talking, is to grow in understanding and effectiveness. You know, we grow. That means we change from an acorn to an oak. Like we're, we're at the beginning, right? The same way that the fourth step is the beginning of the skill set, it's not really even the beginning, but it's, you know, they say four through nine is the skill set. So we finish step nine, and then there's another whole sort of thing. Like people say, oh, I live in 10, 10 11, and 12. For, for Nancy P., I don't really live in 10, 11, and 12. I do the steps 
sort of in groups, except for step 12, which I do all the time. Um, but my next function is to grow in, in where? In understanding and effectiveness. So how do I do that? Luckily for me, they tell me it's not an overnight matter because if it was, I would be in serious trouble because that's what I always wanted it to be. Just like Bill, when he comes home, you know, a veteran of foreign wars at 22, I always tell people this, I guarantee the Rockefellers and the Carnegies were not shaking their boots at the new business titan that came ashore from, from over there. And Nancy P wanted to start at the end too. I wanted to run vast enterprises with, with the utmost assurance, um, with even less than Bill's like dumb little certificate of appreciation from his buddies that probably just said to Bill, always ready with a quick joke and a drink, best the guys. Um, so it should continue for my lifetime. And again, I continue, I continue, I continue, I continue. Continue to watch for selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, and fear. Step four, when these crop up, we ask God at once to remove them. So I'm not really into the God thing, but I'm super attuned to how I feel. And I'm super duper sensitive to um, any kinds of feelings that will stand in the way of my comprehension of the word serenity and my knowledge of peace. And those things I don't want in my life at all. So one of the things about being recovered and being super watchful about that stuff is I usually know what to do. You know, I usually, you know, I'm, I'm not baffled when I say, oh, I, you know, I hurt somebody's feelings. I, I wonder what I should do about that. I don't, I know what to do. I, I approach them in, in whatever way seems the most efficient and the most um, thoughtful. And I, and I say, I don't use the word sorry or apologize generally when I make amends. Well, I don't certainly with my family because I've overused those two words and I feel as though I've lost the privilege of using them, but I acknowledge my behavior and I say that I, um, that I regret you know, that I regret what I did and that I, um, I don't want to do, I won't do it again if I can help it. And if I usually ask the person, if they think that I'm approaching this sort of the danger zone, if they could let me know. And, you know, I said that to my husband when I was making amends to him and, um, you know, he knows that I've been over it as anonymous. I, he's, I've been in longer than I've known him. And, um, he was really funny. I said, so, you know, if you could help me, you know, if you see that I'm turning into like, you know, the thing that ain't New York, if you could just let me know, you know, and help me. And he said, well, I'll see what I can do. <laughs> That's what he always says. You know, I'm like, you know, something broke the other day. And I said, this is a catastrophe. It needs to be fixed immediately. And he said, I'll see what I can do. So saying, you know, he gets really no other reaction than that. So we discuss them with someone immediately, step five and make amends quickly, if and only if I've harmed anyone. So I don't discuss anything, usually not with someone, unless I've harmed someone. Or if I have what I call, like I said, what I have mental disquiet, I have a really, really, really sensitive bullshit detector. And um, if it starts to, you know, if I think even that it's going to start to heat up, if there's something that's going to happen in a month in another country that might possibly affect me, my, you know, this detector goes, and I, and I'm right on it. And I, and I, and I, um, I address the problem immediately because I cannot stand it when I'm not serene. I cannot stand it. And um, I used to live in that space of being unserene. I mean, I thought, I mean, it didn't even, you know, when you think about being 
comprehending serenity because it materializes, they will always materialize if we work with them. That means it becomes real, like material is hard, you know, hard and real and hard and fast. And um, to me, before I recovered, um, these concepts were just that, concepts, ideas, they had no reality, they had no basis in reality as it, um, as it pertained to my life. Five minutes. Yep, and um, perfect, so I'm gonna finish. So if and only if I've harmed someone, then I might talk to somebody. But really what I usually do is I jump to the end where it says, then we turn it, we resolutely turn our thoughts to someone we can help. Love and tolerance of others is our code. Resolutely means with focus and determination. That's why I say, um, if it were me, I would spend the next 45 minutes on the phone um, calling other people, not talking about myself. And, and the reason I do that, the reason I figured or found out that that works so well, well, first of all, it talks throughout the book, starting on the first page of the doctor's opinion about working with others and, and you know, nothing um, ensures immunity more than intensive work with other alcoholics, the first sentence of the seventh chapter. Um, the reason that I, that I, that that materialized, that I realized that is because my husband and I were in our dining room and he said something to me, we're having a conversation about, I don't even remember, but he said something about very innocuous, like I, I, I want salmon for dinner. And I was instantly so angry that I thought I better call my friend, Christine. She's a lawyer. And she said, there's a shark in her office for divorce. And, um, and I, and I meant it. And, and I picked up my phone and to call, make some outreach calls. And um, I immediately felt better. And luckily I made it six or seven calls. And luckily like three or four people were, were there. And so I talked, I was about, about 45 minutes on the phone. And by the time I hung up, I was fine. And by the next day and still today, I don't even remember what it was about. And I swear on my daughter's life, I was seriously like, this guy was out the door. And I thought, you know, how much could I scam from our retirement accounts? I was, I was there. I was, as, I was, in, I was as into it as I could have been. And so the 10th step for me is about vigilance. It's about, you know, asking for help. And for me, that means asking for help. Usually I seek counsel from people that I trust, people that I know that I can call up and say, I don't say I have a resentment. I say, I'm having some fear because I still believe that when you take a resentment home and you take off the dress, the shoes and the makeup and get rid of the hair, what you have is a fear all dressed up to go to the prom. And so I really feel as though um, that's my main problem. And so if I call somebody and say, I have some fear, you know, I seek counsel, like it says in the fourth step, right? And then um, I don't do any drastic action. I consult, I don't do any drastic action. And, you know, most of the time, if I do nothing, because I've surrendered, my life turns out way better than I could ever possibly have connived, slimed, manipulated, or directed my life itself. If I had all every possible resource at my fingertips, I couldn't have made my life better than it is by doing nothing, by just waiting for this thing that works all the time, that never, I don't have to, to get in touch with it. it. It is, it is part of me. I don't, it's always there. And, um, and I depend on it because so far, so good. It's never failed me. Um, and so that's my take on the 10th step. Thank you so much, Nancy. Um, thank you for your service and talking about step 10. Ah, we will now open the meeting for questions or for three minute shares. 
as this is a big book study, sharing and questions should relate specifically to the chapter and steps being studied this week. We ask to we ask you to accept this guideline in order to keep the meeting on track. If you would like to share or ask questions, please raise your virtual hand, which is under reaction, or star nine if you are on the phone. And the Zoom host will call the raise hands in order and ask you to unmute when it's your turn. Would the timekeeper please set the timer for three minutes for each shirt and announce when time is up? If the speaker is asked a question, please allow three minutes for the answer. And um, Amy, would you like to share? Thank you. Um, Amy B, compulsive overeater, living very gratefully in a recovered state today. Thank you so much, Elizabeth. Thank you so much, Monica, for your service tonight. And thank you, Nancy P, my friend. Um, for that awesome take on the 10th step. I got to say, um, as always, with the caveat that if what you are doing is giving you relief, you are doing it right. Um, I agree with a lot of the things that you said tonight about, um, look, I, I love I love talking to people on the phone and I know that you do too. That's not necessarily the the thing that's going to take me out of myself in the moment where I am feeling hijacked by the mental twist. I, and I came in again, I, I hope this isn't, uh, please forgive. I, I came in also feeling very uncomfortable with the word God. And I, I don't as much anymore. It doesn't, the word itself doesn't bother me. And I also feel like I, I have, uh, it's, it's like a, it's, it's just like a flat piece of paper to me. Like it, it just is a placeholder for this idea around seeking a better direction than the one that's I'm um, twisted into. Like, I just need to look for something better than that twist because the problem is me. The problem is that I, you talk about fear. I, I feel like the fear is like a, is like a wrecking ball made of a cage that like just snatches me up. And then it delivers me straight to like the dishonesty place where I am completely delusional and everything is a story that has come true. And I'm three miles down the wrong road in an instant. And that what I need from that 10 step, that way that I see, I ask God at once to remove, to remove them, my defects from me. And I think again about defecting direction, all that stuff. The, the way that I see that is I just need to go, I need to go in the opposite direction of the twist. I'm being, I'm, I am seeing things and I don't even need to know what the truth is. I don't need to know what the truth is. I don't need to know anything. I just need to know to look the in a different direction, to move in a different direction. And um yeah, that that resolutely turn our thoughts towards someone we can help. The flip side of seeing that is I resolutely turn my thoughts off of me 
and like me, 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 and what's happened to me and what I'm thinking and what I'm afraid of and what I'm, you know, and the thing that it reminds me of that is always the thing for me. And that's my time. And thank you so much. This has been so great. Pass. Oh, thank you, Emmy. Emmy O, please. Hi, everyone. Amy here in California. Grateful, compulsive eater, exercise bulimic, restrictor. And thank you, everyone, for doing service. Thank you, Nancy P. I don't see you here, but I do always appreciate you showing up so authentically and unafraid of sharing your opinions. That's that's always been hard for me in a big group, and I really admire that. Um, I have a somewhat different experience with 10th step and I I've over the years I've done it many different ways and I um I just want to share though a little uh, example of something that how it works in my life cuz for me how I interpret we discuss them when when we have our continue to watch for for selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, and fear, when they crop up, we ask God at once to remove them. We discuss them with someone immediately and make amends quickly if we have harmed anyone. To me, the, the making amends quickly if I have harmed anyone, but that when they crop up and I reach out to my God and I don't get relief, I know I need to share with a fellow. And for me, as somebody who 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 relapsed many times over 35 years in a way, um, the missing piece for me was joining the crowd. You know, to me, it is that that triangle is God, fellow, fellow. And I have needed to bring my tense of my stuckness to fellows, to God with skin, and to feel seen. And so I had, I'm just going to see if I can say it really quickly. I had a recent experience where I was walking, kind of race walking. I can't run anymore because I'm an exercise bulimic and I blew out my knee. And I saw in the distance a biker, a guy I know, a colleague from my husband, and I wanted to look good. And I started running and I can't run. That's my reality. And I was in magical thinking, what my ego coming up, not wanting to feel less than. And I started jogging and I my knee locked up and I went flying. And you know what? After that, I, I was okay, just a little scratched up, but I felt so shamed. I felt like that kid in the fairy tale that falls down through the earth into the, the gates of hell. I felt so shamed by my pride. Like I did this to myself. And I walked away, you know, somebody stopped and stayed with me and was very kind. And then I, I, no, I don't need any help. And I got up and I was like, I can do this on my own. I just wanted to, okay, I can't tell the rest. But anyway, just to wrap up, I shared with a fellow and she shared with me, you got to see your humanness. And to me, that was God with skin and my shame, my bondage of self, which keeps me out of connection, lifted. And then I was able to be out in the world and give service free of that shame. So thanks for letting me share. Thanks for all being here. Thank you, Amy. Kelly R. Hi, everyone. I'm Kelly. 
I'm a compulsive overeater. And this is my first time sharing at this meeting, although I've been coming to this meeting for quite some time. Yes, Eileen, thank you for the encouragement to share. <laughs> and, and this is a time where I really do need to share. I'm really struggling um, with food again, really struggling. You know, I've been in and out of this program for, uh, I don't know, 16 years, probably the first time I went. I don't even know if I was a teenager yet. Um, and what I heard tonight that was really important to me was fear and, and really getting out of self. I think, I, you know, I typically, I, I think I, I, I have a propensity to, to be a fearful person, but in the last couple of months, I was just stuck in, in self, in fear and in grief and making up those stories um, and projecting. Um, and it has led me to a place, unfortunately, of, of using food. Um, it, it, and it's happened very, very slowly. Um, what, what, I was, what I was really struggling with was reaching out and, and being that support for someone else, getting out of self. Um, and, uh, so those were just the important things I heard tonight from me. And also I have to say in regards to a 10th step, it is important for me to hear from those that I trust. Um, the, the, those folks that I'll have to say is like my higher power with, with you know, in, in skin with clothes on. Um, I need that when, when I, when I'm working through fear, when I'm doing my 10th step. So um, I think that that's the direction that I will continue to go in. And I'm going to seek out those people that I trust. Um, I have spent most of my career in OA not connecting, and that hasn't served me. So that's my, that's my direction today and going forward. Thanks for letting me share. Thank you, Colleen. Um, we will now stop the recording for unrecorded questions or shares. Would the Zoom host please stop the recording? <laughs>